Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. We are here. We are back. It's Q and Saint. Saint, how you doing? It's almost the end of the playoffs, so it's a it's a sad day. Yeah, we're uh, getting to the nitty gritty. Yeah, it's starting to get down to the wire. I've been right so far. Uh, well, no, I'm lying. I caught that uh, Nugget series the other way around, but everywhere oh, yeah. else, I've been right. Yeah, I. Um... I had some hope for the um, the Nuggets at least win one game, but or two. But man, anyway, any that was wild. So last night we were underneath a rock. We had a game last night. We had the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the game before, Kyrie Irving was hurt. He injured with a high ankle sprain. He looks like he might be out for the whole series until. Uh, if the Nets make it to the Western or Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Kevin Durant pretty much had to put the team on his back. James Harden came back, but he didn't look efficient. He was just uh, standing there. He didn't do much. <laughs> uh, and the Brooklyn Nets wound up winning 114 to 108. Uh, Durant had a triple-double. He had 49 points, 10 assists, 17 rebounds. Try to say them numbers again, bro. Yeah, man, 49, 10, or 17. He really played his butt off. Then you had Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff. He came off the bench. Well, actually, he started and had 27 points, three assists. Blake contributed a little bit as well with the 17 points as well. Uh, that's pretty much that was majority of the offense. Um, Joe Harris had a shooting, bad shooting game. Uh, as far as the Bucks, uh, Giannis had 34 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, Brooke Lopez with 15, Middleton with 25, and Drew Holiday with 19. But the big story out of this game to me is how the Bucks allowed not only a hobbled James Harden, but them to lose a 17-point lead in the second half. So saying before I get on my rant about this and about Giannis and the Bucks and the coaching staff, uh, what was your thoughts um, coming out of this game? Uh, well, they played well in the first half. Um, I think the big thing was, as the announcers kept going on and on about, was they're playing a lot of iso ball instead of going through their sets. When they were going through their sets, wasn't much that uh, Brooklyn could do. Uh, they were coming down and getting buckets, but the buckets that the Bucks were getting were just more consistent. Um, dealing with a superstar like KD, who at any given time can give you that kind of performance, you kind of just hope that you can contain him enough and contain the other players around as they hit their runs and whatnot. But uh, the biggest thing uh, that I saw yesterday was that they got out of what got them to that 17 point lead and Durant went absolutely nuts. There's nothing you can do with him. He dang it had 50. You might as well say he had 50 uh, last night. Yeah. He missed the free throw, but it was basically 50. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, before before you jump in there, it's totally off subject, but still on subject. Uh, a couple games ago, Blake dunked on Giannis, and he held his wrist. Can we? Can and I know it's uh, unpopular opinion, but can we talk about the fact that so many people who caught piss somebody off saying it, so many fans of the sport of basketball, football, whatever uh, the case is, when looking for highlights, we'll overlook things like a hand being held so I can get my dunk off because I don't have the hops to get up there. Or uh, 
when Diddy dunked on Karolinko, but used his front arm to clear him out of the path so he can get there. Like, D-Wade goes up with his knee to get his dunks or whatever off. How is it that we're able to let that slide with popular players, but with uh, defensive players, it's dirty when they stop them from getting them highlights off? I think uh, it's because of what the highlight is, like with the push off. You see it so many times when people are getting, you know, sometimes they create separation, they push off and it looks like the person is falling because they did a nasty crossover. And there's been some step on the ankle. Yeah, that it's just about the highlight reel is what it looks like. I remember um, somebody stepped on my ankle and they just kept going. And then somebody was, oh, he crossed you. I'm thinking in my head, like, no, he stepped on my ankle and I couldn't move. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's just a highlight thing. Like even when I remember a couple of years ago when uh, was Lance Stevenson was on, yeah. it was uh, actually against Jeff Green. Yeah, he stepped on his foot and Jeff went flying backwards and everyone was, oh, he crossed. Yeah. You I'm clearly a, see him step <laughs> on his foot. I'm a Lakers fan. And, and then when they showed the, the angle from far away, it, it looked like a total crossover when they zoomed in. He stepped on the ankle. So it's about that highlight, man. And people like to see highlights. So they get it how they can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I just had to get that. I, it bothers me <laughs> so much to see it. Yeah. Even though I think Blake has upset a lot of Detroit Pistons fans, but, you know, it is what it is. He came in. <laughs> I mean, he would, I don't see him playing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to even go there because then I was like, oh, you would play hard for the Pistons. And I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, man, I was watching the game last night. I was totally upset. I totally disgusted. First of all, um, let's start with the coaching staff. Uh, Budenholzer, um, I like Budenholzer to a certain extent. He did good when he was uh, the coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Got those four all-stars when it was uh, Hoyford, Culver, uh, T, and Bill Sapp. I believe they all were all-stars or Mm-mm. three of them. And that was a good coaching. He's done good in Milwaukee. But to me, it's like he is not mentally prepared for the playoffs. Some of these lineups, some of these game plans does not make sense. I don't know if it's Giannis himself, but why do you keep having Giannis at the top of the key? His ass needs to be in the post. He needs to be around the wings. Drew Holiday needs to be the person that's bringing that ball up and controlling the tempo and being the facilitator and making the, the right decisions. I, I I don't understand that. I Giannis get can't it. play in the post, though. It's he can't like, play in the post against somebody his size or somebody his strength. He get a guard on him, yeah, he can post him up. But. Well, that that brings me to Giannis too. Like, I'm of course, if I got on the court, Giannis, Giannis would beat me. He'll dunk on me. I understand this. He's six ten. I get it. But I'm gonna ask you this: Do you think Giannis has great basketball IQ? I think his IQ is not, and I'm not saying he's a stupid person. I just think on the court sometimes he doesn't make the smartest decisions or do you think that comes from coaching? I think that the playoff showcase how truly limited he is as far as skill set is concerned. Um, if he's not running at someone with full force and able to get them off balance, it shows. Uh, there's a couple of charges that he ended up 
Uh, a couple of charges that he ended up getting called against him just because he just backed up and said, I'm going to the rim. That otherwise <laughs> might've been uh, blocks, called for blocking fouls or what have you during the regular season. But every year since he's been, uh, since he's been climbing that mountain to be the face of the NBA, that has happened to him. Uh, the, the team just says, okay, we're gonna wall up and you know, heaven help you if you get to the rim. And they've been successful and got him out of there or get him out of his game. Dude, he had James Harden on one play in a post situation. I'm like, all right, cool. James Harden, he's not bad on defense, but he's hobbled. He's battling a hamstring injury, a hamstring injury that bothered him during the regular season. He, again, looked at pedestrian out there when he was playing. Like, you can tell, like, he was just out there for just, like, support and kind of try to control the game to give them an extra ball handler, but it was tough on them, I can see. And they could have gave me his check for 40 minutes. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> instead of going to the hole, Giannis does a, a spin and does a Jordan fadeaway like he's Jordan in 92. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? Like, you... One thing I learned in basketball, you have to learn about your strengths and your weaknesses. You have to be real with yourself. Giannis know he can't shoot, man. He knows he be shooting these threes. He be, they like, yeah, Giannis is 0 for 6 from three-point land. Why? Well, I get it. The defense is like, yo, I'm just going to play back. That's like 2K. Like, mm-hmm. say, I know you're an expert at 2K. I can see you doing that. I have Giannis at the top of the key. And you're like, well, sh- I'm just going to back up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just going to let me shoot. And I might make one or two of those, but I'm not going to keep making those. Mm-hmm. So it's just to me, it was just like you have to get in, engaged with it. Although Middleton had 25 points, when you're up 17 and you see the lead is coming down and Giannis is getting frustrated and building that wall, that's when Middleton needs to start to take over. I know he's not like a real solid number two but he really needed to get open. He needed to really um, figure a way to have the defense chase him and get some good shots. Drew Holiday, again, he had 19 points and eight assists, but it was a quiet 19 and eight just Mm. because of how Durant was. And Durant was amazing. I can never hate on Durant, no matter if I didn't like the decision he made with going to the Warriors or all that. I can't, can't argue with the man. He's one of the best players of all time. But I always wonder, like, would you now saying would you have Giannis play him a little bit more just because of the size factor? No, uh, I would keep Giannis on a big unless Durant is playing in the big uh, in the lineup itself, um, just because you need Giannis on the floor as much as possible. And there's no you're not getting great defenders to stay in front of uh, KD. So Mm. despite the size that he being able to contest his shots and things along those lines, KD handles the ball like a guard. Giannis isn't, he's not that much of a lock on the wing. He's a lock on the wing if the guy doesn't have a handle and a shot that you have to worry about. But nah, I wouldn't. You're asking for him to get in foul trouble and then you're really going to be screwed. Yeah, and I think, and a lot of people, you know, I'll say Giannis didn't guard Durant. I would think that he would want to take that challenge on a little bit more personally. Uh, so I would like to see like a little bit of switch ups, like some plays he'll guard Durant. But people got to realize, you, no matter who's guard Durant, they wasn't going to be able to stop him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to be completely stop him. 
it was like one of them things like you might have to let Durant get off, but they had a nice lead to where Durant can get off a little bit, but still contain everybody. And they was doing that, but just honestly, I, I don't get it, man. I really don't. So I'm going to ask you this. Do you think the series is over? you think Brooklyn is going to go ahead and uh, win in Milwaukee uh, game six? Uh, I think they will. I think Harden will be uh, be able to do more than what he was able to do this uh, just last night. And um, I'm not expecting another 50-point game from Durant, but those other role players that they have, I'm expecting those guys to fill in. I'm expecting at least 25 from KD, but uh, 50, nah. And if you can – if – the Bucks can keep this a low-scoring game. They serve a better chance of winning the game because they don't have that firepower, and that's what I said coming in, that they don't have the firepower to keep up with. Uh, man, man, you couldn't tell me that yesterday. They thought they was the Warriors. <laughs> they were jacking up threes, and I'm like, yo, y'all y'all not powerful like that. Y'all coming on fast breaks trying to shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just looked it's so out of sync. Bad shot selection, like, Definitely, um, I feel like if the Bucks lose this series, uh, the coach is going to be gone. Not because we like to see people get fired. It's just that, okay, we already have this stand. We need Except to for Stan him. Van Gundy. He's oh, yeah, we're going to get to him in the next. But, yeah, man, that was – I kind of agree. I think, I think this is going to go seven games, and I think that Brooklyn is going to pull it off. I think they're going to – uh, get the win. I don't want them to win because I want Milwaukee, but I just I think still Milwaukee. say Brooklyn in six. Oh, you said six. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna say Brooklyn in seven. I think Milwaukee will have some home court advantage. It might play a little bit smarter, but because they're getting trashed by the media. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think I think you're right, man. I think it's. I don't want to say Giannis is overrated because I was mad yesterday. I said that last night. <laughs> Giannis is overrated. I just think that for him to be a two-time MVP, sometimes you can't tell in certain game situations. You really have a hard time. Like, okay, if that's all I have to do with Giannis, it should be a good game. And then when you build that wall, his counterpiece doesn't really – come through all the time consistently so but i'd like to throw him in that same place as uh harden at that time where uh, he was a uh, the best player in the world uh, as far yeah. as because i guess that's what we consider the mvp is the best player in the world um mm-hmm. when it came down to playoff time either he didn't show up because he spent so much energy keeping the game keeping the uh winning the games for the rockets or everybody else weren't hitting their shots like they were supposed to and he wasn't uh, hitting his as well and i, I kind of feel like that's the same thing with Giannis. that during the regular season there's absolutely nothing that you can do with them but when the game slows down and possessions are, are a little bit tougher to come by and you know people are knocking the hell out of you for going up and trying to get to the rim and get your uh, Euro step dunks from the free throw line, uh, it, it makes the game a little bit different for him. And he hasn't showcased the skill set to counter the uh, the defense, like you were saying. And I think that that shows. And I, I put Ben Simmons in that same space too. Yeah. When the game gets slowed down, there's nothing that he's capable of doing consistently uh, to keep the teams in, uh, in good working spaces. 
agree. So uh, we'll move right along. We got a lot of little NBA news. Uh, let's just go into what we'll touched on the Clippers and Jazz right now. It's tied to two. They play tonight at ten. Uh, but coming out of this series, looks like Kawhi Leonard is out for the series and possibly the whole playoffs. Uh, he has a sprained knee, but sources are saying that this is possibly an ACL injury. Also, mm-hmm. Chris Paul is on protocol for COVID, although he has the vaccine. Uh, looks like he tested positive. He said he feels fine, but I believe they have to have two negative tests in a row, so he can be out maybe 10 days or even less. Um, the Western Conference playoffs, uh, the final starts Sunday. So I'm about to ask you this question and say, I think we talked about this in the beginning of the season. Is it too quick for the season to start this year as far as like going from the bubble and then going straight into like maybe a month and a half, two months, and then you're playing again? And that's why we're seeing all these injuries. Uh, I feel like it's hard to say. It's hard to equate the the quick turnaround to the injuries because these injuries have been well into the season itself if we would have had these kind of injuries within the first month or so of the uh of everything getting going then maybe um but i mean most of these guys are playing basketball year round even if they're not playing nba level basketball year round in the offseason they're working on their game you're still actively working on your craft you're still getting runs and things along those lines so it's not like they're actively taking time off for their bodies to rest. Um, mm. And I know Bron said that it's going to lead to more injuries and everything else along those lines, but guys play a lot of games. At some point, the body breaks down. And I mean, that the Iron Man that Bron has been in his 18, 19 years of playing, it's finally starting to deteriorate uh, for him. Whereas, you know, everyone else has kind of always been uh, hit with injuries here or there. Thing so, too is, uh, you know, these players is is getting in the they're in their thirties and around our age, and mm-hmm. you know we are everyday people. We're not, you know, professional athletes right now, but you know even after a good workout, sometimes we need that recovery time. So, and these players are you know just playing nonstop. I think in Kawhi's case, he's been going like all out, uh, especially going against the Jazz. Um, he's been having some great games where he's put the team on his shoulders and I think his body is just like yo you cannot continue to keep doing this yeah all the time and I think he just had a little bit of a wrong jerk and unfortunately hopefully it's just a knee sprain but it could be an ACL injury uh and if it is man that sucks because he's a free agent um I know you told me off air you like he's leaving <laughs> and I, and I was, yeah so um with him leaving if he does leave that depends on the Clippers they want to resign him like they already resigned Paul George so they got him secured like do I want to spend money on Kawhi then he's coming from ACL injury now we're going into the next season uh, with one out of our counterpiece we got to wait two years before we can try for our championship again it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know it's up to the front office of Steve Ballmer and what he wants to do but uh, yeah, man. I, you know, my personal opinion, I think that they did start the season a little too quickly. But I just think it's just the wear and tear of a player, especially Kawhi, with you know certain injuries. LeBron does have a point, just because he's speaking from experience. I think LeBron has a point of like, yo, you know, we kind of should have eased into it. But that money talks, man. They was trying to make that bread. 
they weren't trying to hear all that. Like, oh, okay, we missed half of the season because of COVID. We had no fans on revenue. Now nah, we got to get this season going. So, and if we're keeping it a buck, though, they shouldn't have had the dang season last year when the bubble was They should just let it go. Even though the they would have let it go, it, it by the logic of they uh, turned around with the season entirely too fast, they just would have let it go um, and get started at the beginning of this year for. Uh, the season itself, then there wouldn't be any injuries because people would have had the uh, opportunity to recover. And I just don't think it, it, it too just doesn't equate to me. That's all. Yeah, they, I, I, yeah, it was cool to watch sports last year, but I could have deal without it. I could have yeah. deal without the bubble and let them come fresh. Although, the late, like I said, the Lakers won last year. I was happy, but again, it, it felt bittersweet. It was always an asterisk on it. And you had people in the bubble balling. And then now when this season starts, players like Tyler Hero, TJ Warren, they came in the bubble just busting. And then now with, you know, people in the crowd, a real season goes on, you don't even see these players doing what they were doing last year. So it just right. tells you how significant the bubble was and, mm-hmm. you know, how bad it was. But moving right along, uh, so we had a couple coaches – being let go today. We'll start off with Stan Van Gundy. Go! Although we call this, we said this in the beginning of the season. We said, yo, this ain't a good fit. I, mm-hmm. I was like, I nah, I don't see this working out. I see him, and I wish I could pull it. We all have to research that and see uh, what episode that was. And that was a while ago, but I said he wasn't going to last there, and um, again, Stan Van Gundy is out as the New Orleans Orlean Pelicans coach and I want to ask you saying uh, how do you feel and what type of coach you think the uh, the Pelicans need well not a Van Gundy we'll start there <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think when we're talking about coaches uh, and new age coaches because the game itself has changed I mean we we have to acknowledge that and when you bring in some of the legends, some of the the coaches that have the resume of putting teams together and, and making them successful, you also have to wonder if their uh, their logic, if their coaching schemes are going to translate into today's NBA. And I, <laughs> the Van Gundy thing never was a was a thought of mine that it was going to pan out and work. It seemed like those guys, the, the kids gave up on them midway through the season and him talking crap to the uh, the media and everything else instead of addressing the team seemed to rub everybody the wrong way. Um, as far as a coach that, as far as a coach, I think you would probably need a younger guy that kind of understands uh, today's NBA. Like I said, uh, I mean, as much as I would like to see Mark Jackson in back coaching, I don't think that he fits in what the game is now. There's not as much defense being played or defense is tougher to play now because of all the rules that benefit the offensive player. Um, but the Van Gundy's just ain't it. I, I could say that. I mean, they I just listen to players that play with them in Orlando and some of the disgruntled. Um, things they had to say, like they said he was an X and O's guy, but freezes up at pivotal moments. And I know, remember, he was in Miami and they pretty much let him go. And that's when Pat Riley took over and that's when they won the title with Shaq and D-Wade. Mm. Uh, 
or was it either that or when Spolster took over? I think it was the D Wade. But anywho, um, he came <clears throat> he came to Detroit Pistons, you know, and he was what the president, he was the GM and the coach. And yeah, he was he, wearing too many hats. <laughs> I mean, he was pissing everybody off. He's like, "Yo, Stan, gotta go." So, I, you know, it goes back, you know, to me thinking like, how did he, is it because of his last name, Van Gunny? That's the reason why he got so many opportunities. And and then when he went to New Orleans, I'm like, these are a bunch of young guys. You got Zion, you got B.I., you got Mm -hmm. Lonzo. Like, you got a nice little young core. Your old school ways might not resonate with these young players. They're not going to necessarily take heed to some of the things that you are trying to tell them you have to kind of dumb it down and not dumb it down in a bad way but adjust like you said to the to the game mm-hmm. and to me i i don't think that was a good idea as far as hiring him because now you're back in looking for a coach again yeah um, you could just I, live gentry right just let Gentry just stay there, get him a fair season with Zion, and see what would happen. Gentry's a good coach. Now they're, you know, rumored to uh, interview Jason Kidd, Charles Lee, even uh, I've heard Teresa Weatherspoon because she's in the organization now. She has a good relationship with all the players. So those are some of the top candidates right now. Uh, we can move right along to Washington. It looks like Scott. Scotty Brooks. Yeah, Scott Brooks and. The Washington Wizard couldn't come to agreement on a extension and agreed to uh, part ways. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about the Blazers in a minute, too. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, they agreed to part ways. Um, I haven't heard too many candidates so far. That's a kind of a tricky job. You got Bradley, Bill, you got Russ. Uh, you got to be a coach that's going to put those players in winning situations so uh i know them your boys over there so who you want to see as the coach over there i would honestly like to see jason kitt there um just because i feel like he would be able to let russ be russ and put brad in spaces to where he can uh do what he does as far as getting being the walking bucket that he is but i also think kid would do would work wonders with developing some of that young talent that's there because they have a ton of it um i mean outside of brad and russ you you have first second and third year players that are have the potential to be dogs all the way around but they have to have you know the right motivation they have to have the right uh, coaching and the right development around them and jason being one of the uh students of the game i feel like he would uh, he's the best candidate as far as guys that are just available and i will disown my uh, wizards if they pick up dan tony i just want to put that out there now okay yeah i, I- I like that Jason Kidd selection. I think the players will respect him a lot because he's been in the game. He played. I like to see him or Chauncey with that job. Um, it's crazy that the season, the playoffs is not even over and all these coaching spots are coming available. Um, with Washington, I like that they made it to the playoffs. You know, they did good in the play-in. But as you can see, when they went against Brooklyn, I mean, they – really didn't have a chance and it was tough oh the Sixers I'm sorry yeah they didn't really have a chance they won that one game and they're gonna need some help in that interior 
and they're gonna need some nice bench players as well. So mm-hmm. sometimes Russ can be out, and Bradley can have his five, four or five people that he can, you know, kick it with. And because they, when you think about it, you have a team with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill. They should be a little bit better. I mean, I like how you know. Speaking of teams, like Atlanta is right now, they got a nice young team, but. I would have had switched. I would have thought that would have been Washington in that spot versus Atlanta, you know, mm. before the season started. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, uh, Terry Styles. I think we talked about it last a little bit last episode about Dame, and I believe he's uh, parted way. Yeah, he has parted ways with the Blazers. Mm-hmm. I actually seen uh, Dame on a live Instagram, Damian Lillard on it. Instagram yesterday, last night after the game, he was inter- and you talked to one of his boys, he's getting interviewed. And I don't know, Saint man. I, I don't want to say he wants to leave, but I feel like if they don't get themselves together over there, he's gonna he's gonna ask for something. But who wants to take that big ass contract? I don't know. But mm. uh um, I guess in your opinion, you think uh I know we touched a little bit of last week. Do you think Dan's going to stay? Uh, as he's reaching the prime of his career, if they don't, I feel like he has maybe one more year of actually being patient, patient, um, and then he's ready to get out of there. But if the right opportunity comes along, I know LA, but every year LA is in the mix for getting everybody. Uh, it's a little bit more intriguing now that LeBron's LeBron's been there for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. uh, usually when he gets to talking about, oh, well, you know, I want this person or I want that person or this person will be uh, accepted uh, and appreciated here, you know, stuff starts working in the backgrounds and they magically end up um, teammates in some capacity. So, I mean, who knows? I feel like you're going to have to blow that team up, though. Uh, at this point, I feel like they've gotten as... Uh, They've gotten as far as they can get with the talent that they have around. And if you get rid of one of them, you're going to have to get rid of them both because I don't think one's going to want to play without the other one being there. Yeah. I mean, they got a couple of young guys there in Portland, but I don't know their players they want to build a team around. It mm-hmm. can be, you know, the starting core for them, but they going to do something. Um, what other co- coaching jobs are there? Boston. Uh, Brad Stevens is now the general manager. He has moved up. <laughs> and now he's uh, in charge of creating the team instead of coaching the team. Uh, I think uh, he had a raw deal, though. You think so? Yeah, I think he did. He had a ton of success his first I think it was his first year. He had a ton of success his first years with those rookies, getting those guys to buy in and believe into the system. And somewhere in between, as those guys matured and started uh, becoming notable stars, and you may even argue uh, superstars, he lost control of that team. Um, they did well without Kyrie getting to the conference finals uh, before Bron kicked them out of there. But then the following year when they had Kyrie, they didn't, I don't know, they get out of the first round maybe? They had knocked out in the first round. And then last year they had an early exit as well. Um, 
So maybe he lost the locker room in some capacity, but I still think he got like a raw deal behind it all. Early success usually means, all right, we need to see this every year. And it's, it doesn't work like that in the NBA. Someone's always nipping at your heels, injuries, so on and so forth. So, yeah, that's true. I think, um, I don't know if I would have put him in the GM position, but it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do in Boston. Um, got those young boys over there, Tatum, Brown. Um, be interested to see what they do with Kimba. I know that I've heard that Kimba wants to go to a different team. He doesn't want to play in Boston no more. So that's who I've been hearing rumors of. Like, he ain't getting no shots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been hearing, you know, hey, maybe trade with all these draft picks and Kimba to, for Dane, but I think it's going to take a little bit more than that for Dane. I think you got to have add money, you got to have more players. It's going to take a lot. Yeah. Um, I think with Boston too, I think their window was closing as far as like a top tier team because the East was getting so much better. You have Philly, Brooklyn, um, Milwaukee always in the mix. And then now you have the you know resurgence of Atlanta and New York. You gotta understand. Hey, like, New York ain't done, dang man. Research. Come on, I don't do four, that. Four C, let's go. You know, even though we got our butts kicked by Atlanta, I, I'm still Smoked. happy. I think we're gonna have some better progress next year. But you know, I I just feel like their window was closing. Um, I think I think the worst thing that. Boston did. I don't want to say worse, but I want to say one of the mistakes I think happened was with the whole Kyrie situation. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to get that team over the hump, and it didn't. It caused more chaos in the locker room. Um, Kyrie seemed like he, not purposely, but it seemed like they tried to make him as the, the fault guy and the distraction. Who knows? But I don't think that was Boston's nucleus. I think with Teddy, you know, Rosier and even when they had IT playing at a high level, I think that's when that team excelled because they were the underdogs and they played with heart. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Just give my boy Tatum some help, even though I'm not a big Celtics fan. Get him some help. Let him rock out. Um, let's see. I wanted to jump into another series. Get your opinion on it. Oh, before you jump in there. Okay, Did you ahead. think that uh, Ka- uh, Kawhi was the walking bucket that he was? I I know I said it a couple of times, but I, I'm amazed at how complete his game is offensively. It, he, that man is a bucket. Yeah, I I underestimate it all the time because he I don't see it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like he I don't want to say Randy Moss, but it's like if he really wants to like score. He's gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Like I just think it's in him if he's like, yo, okay, then give me this. Cause I think in some of those situations, and there's no disrespect to playoff P, but I think he looks at Paul George like, nah, bro, you're not. This ain't gonna be enough. Although Paul George has not played horribly or has not played bad, I think he looks at him and says, Okay, I, I gotta I gotta be the man. I, I don't know if you can handle this, but I gotta take it over. But I did I think the when I realized he was a walking bucket was in Toronto. Yeah, and then and then that's when I was like, "Damn, okay, yeah. you can actually score the rock like that." Yeah, uh, I think for me it was the Toronto, but it was the Philadelphia series. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I was like, "Good God, really, really bucket, bucket, <laughs> bucket!" Like, I didn't know he had it like that, man. Come on now. Uh, yeah, and to the point about playoff P, uh, he has not played bad. Uh, 
I know that he took a lot of crap this year in general, people calling him soft and everything else, mm-hmm. which as a man in general are usually fighting words. Um, there's a couple of things that, that get a man triggered and that's that's one of them. Uh, you get called soft, you get called a B word and heaven help you if you get called a band. You get called a band, oh, all right, we got to go outside. <laughs> We got to go outside yeah. and talk, man. I ain't gonna be too many more bands now. Yeah, I had to double look at someone before. Yeah, <laughs> all right, <laughs> man. Yeah, I agree. And I know all my you, uh, all my listeners out there know what a band is. I, I ain't gonna say it on air. Yeah. Uh, somebody call you a band, like, yeah, all right, you want to see me? And nah, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I know a lot of those, yeah, but I don't be using that too much. Mm -mm. Um, So this is the question I really wanted to ask you. I I feel like maybe we kind of prematurely voted for MVP, but (laughs) I'm going to say this. The Suns was able to sweep the Nuggets in four. Uh, Uh, It's like the last game, I think it was 125. Uh, Let me pull it up for you guys. Uh, yeah. So they won ninety eight, or no? There's so many games. One twenty five to one eighteen. I believe that was the last game. And yeah, and the Suns were able to sweep the Nuggets. Uh, Jokic was ejected out of that game for a flagrant two against Cameron Payne. Uh, I wanted to ask you, say, with the Nuggets getting swept, although they were minus Jamal Murray and they had a lot of other injuries with Michael Porter back in Tweed Barton just coming in back into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jokic should have been the rifle MVP? Yeah, because it's a regular season uh, award. Just like those times that Giannis won, uh, just like when Harden won, just like when Russ won. It's about being the most valuable player during the regular season. Unfortunately, they decide to hand out that award in the playoffs. So once said person gets award, you're looking at them sideways if they're not, you know, putting up buckets or um, controlling the tempo of the game and things along those lines. But I mean, it's a regular season award unless they start including playoffs into uh, into voting, then maybe he probably shouldn't have gotten uh, MVP. But that it's literally a, a award for uh, the NBA season, not the playoffs. So, yeah, he was a he was the best. That was weird. He was the best uh, <clears throat> overall player consistently uh, through the year. Would you want them to see? Would you want them to have the playoffs included? Just wait till the whole thing is over with to announce the MVP. Or are you you cool with the regular season MVP? I'm cool with the regular season MVP. Um, I at first I wanted them to include it, uh, but it at that point it becomes a distraction uh, for the the teams in the playoffs and then you get to argue with those guys that are putting up numbers on not playoff contenders um guys that are doing remarkable like if we're talking russ during his triple doubles uh yeah during the years he had the triple doubles like the thunder weren't like killing it like that but you can't take away from the fact that what this man has done is historic at this point so he does deserve accolades for that Right. I think I'm a little mixed. Like sometimes I feel like they should wait to the end of the playoffs. But again, mm-hmm. that's the whole re- reason why they call it a regular season. MVP is for who performed the best during the season. Right. I think 
we get kind of clouded. I think what's going to happen too is if uh, Adam Silver introduces this tournament in the middle of the season as well, um, I think they're going to have an MVP for that tournament. So that might diffuse a little bit. And sometimes a player's not getting the MVP like they should. Like a lot of people feel like maybe Embiid or Chris Paul or Steph when he was on his hot streak should have got a little bit more recognition, more votes. But I'll give it to Jokic. He was down Murray. Um, he performed at a high level. He was getting triple doubles left and right as a big man. So I'm not I'm not mad at it, but it's kind of weird to see an MVP get swept like that in the playoffs. But you got to understand the circumstances. I think the Nuggets, this has been, like, to me this year, this has been a perfect time for Jamal Murray to be healthy. I would have had the Nuggets probably going to the finals. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had them coming out of the West until the uh... – for his ACL, which is unfortunate. Yeah, man, that's a the injury is not as bad as it used to be, but still a terrible injury to have. And it, it, it total gripe that has nothing to do with sports. Well, I I grew up thinking that the word indefinitely meant that that's what that means, like it's not coming back. You, yeah. They say indefinitely, and then two weeks later, the person's back in the lineup. And I grew up thinking that the word indefinitely meant forever. But now it's, oh, no, it's just an undisclosed amount of time. Like, when did they change the definition of that word? I don't know. I get confused when they say that. I'd be like, well, I just wait till they say is he not coming back. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm don't, I don't confused indefinitely means, it, I don't know, until further notice. I just say that. Like, we don't know. Yeah. We let y'all know. <laughs> say, He's out indefinitely. He ain't coming back. Two weeks later. He's back. Wait a minute. Now you said that. Uh, okay, you got it. <laughs> All right, man. I know you wanted to ask this uh, question about Space Jam, so I'm gonna let you have the floor. Go ahead. All right, my people. Uh, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong for assuming, that you got a chance to watch Space Jam as a young kid or a teenager that might have still been in high school, and the movie itself was made for all of us at the time now lebron is getting the opportunity to remake a classic a movie that's not for us I, I just start there uh but my question is would and that's just considering if kobe was still here would kobe have taken as much slack for being a part of space jam 2 considering that how close he and jordan were in resemblance of one another that LeBron is currently getting all of the slack for trying to recreate a classic. Or would we have that same energy if it was Kobe we were talking about? If Kobe was alive, you know, and he was the one that was selected for Space Jam, I, I doubt that he would have got as much uh, criticism over the recreation. I think because a lot of people frown upon the comparison of LeBron and Jordan although these are just movies and I'm hearing rumors that Jordan is actually in this new Space Jam briefly, but who knows? I don't know how true that is. But uh, I think that LeBron's getting a lot of flack because of that comparison. And it's like, this is a cartoon. This is a kid's movie, man. Yeah, like this is something for our kids or the new generation. That yeah. Have. You know, Space Jam came out in 95, 96. So it's like... <laughs> You know, like, what do you expect? It's been 20 years, 20 some years now. They're, they're putting out a new movie. They need who's the top seller in the NBA right now. LeBron is. LeBron, Steph, K 
KD, but who's the most marketable? LeBron. He's been doing this since 2003, and it's about his time to get it. And it's like, to me, I feel like I said, I feel bad for him sometimes because I don't think LeBron is trying to do any harm to the franchise or anything like that, but it just goes hand in hand. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a good movie. I think it's going to be up to date where we can it relate It doesn't look more. like it's going to be that great of a movie. You don't think but- so? I'm looking so. at it as a 30-something-year-old man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> looking at it as a, I was like, maybe, I would say, I think I'm still in high school. Maybe like a freshman or a sophomore in high school when the movie came out, uh, the original Space Jam. Uh, and, you know, you watch the cartoon movies or whatever, but it still kind of falls under movies that we're supposed to watch. So movies that were created for us and the kids under us. But, uh, like, this movie ain't for you. You're 30-something years old, bro. What you mad for? Don't watch yeah. it. You don't like it. Exactly. And, and, again, we don't... It's not like we're going to go to school the next day and, you know, <laughs> be debating Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> It don't even. It shouldn't even take all that. But people gonna. I think people is gonna <laughs> just hate just because of it. We hate on everything in life as far as like when it comes to someone recreating something. And right. I mean, they have a good director. Ryan Cooler is the director who directed Black Panther, so it might be decent, like you said, for kids. But like you said, judging it as a thirty-some-year-old man, you're like, uh, maybe not. Like, yeah. I don't. You know, I have kiddos, so maybe I. Yeah, I take the kiddos to go see it, but it ain't nothing like. I'm about to go on HBO Max and watch that by myself. No, probably not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it, but yeah, I hear you. I'm going to yeah, do it, not- and it's still probably going to be ass, but I thought the first Space Jam was ass, so you know, it just kind of yeah. is what it is. <laughs> you look back at it, it wasn't as no. awesome as I thought it was. No. Nah, nah. That arm stretchy thing still kind of creeps me out. So <laughs> Yeah, I want to give a score update. In present time, uh, you might be listening to this podcast maybe later on in the week, but uh, right now the Sixers are up 71, Hawks 46, third quarter with eight minutes left. Uh, as of now, looks like Trey Young has 18 points, Collins has 13. Uh, as far as the Sixers, Wild and B already has 29 and 11, Seth Curry has 14. Uh, ben Simmons is uh, six, six, and three right now. So looks like the Sixers are going to pull that off. I think so. Yeah, and they ain't going nowhere. Sixers and six. <laughs> they they going back to the ATL and win it. Yeah, I think the the first couple of games embarrassed them, and and beat is locked, and there's. N- there's literally nothing that you can do when he is locked. He's arguably one of the most dominant players in the league when he wants to be. Um, and I mean, who does Atlanta has to throw at him? Clint Compello? He can't stay in front of him. I thought he, might. <sighs> yeah, you're right. I like originally I thought like maybe he'll give him a little bit run. Nah, he, nah. Not if he got 29 already. <laughs> nah, he not doing nothing with that. Mm-mm. Yeah, he got to hold that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got to hold that. Yeah, all of the day. I think that's it, baby. Yeah, that's you it, got man. something lingering. Nah, we don't really have too much NFL news. The only, you know, what the biggest news was today for the NFL. Uh, <laughs> two of uh, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in his second year threw 
four interceptions today in practice. That was the biggest NFL news I've seen today. And they're trying to figure out, is is this going to be where Tua is going to be on the trading block? I'm like, this is his second year. Like, Jesus Christ. Dang, like, it goes back to what you were saying. Now, they don't get... Because we live in such an accelerated uh, society, they don't give the kids time to develop. You're at the highest level of your respective sport, your respective craft. You need time to develop said skills to think that I'm giving this 19 year old the keys to a franchise and um, I need you to be lucky enough to get me to a Super Bowl in two years. It's, It's improbable. It's just, it doesn't happen, man. Patty Mahomes is a unicorn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it doesn't happen very he didn't often even play way. his first year he sat down you know and watched uh smith alex smith yeah. at the home so it's like damn jesus christ like that's the only nfl news you guys got today like okay i get it but i'm not putting too much stock in it i'm pretty sure the dolphins will be all right yeah but, and who's expecting them to do anything? I mean, I'm not, yeah, we're not expecting the Dolphins to win a Super Bowl next year. No, or the next year after that. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is what it is at the end of the day. Nobody's expecting those guys to, except for the diehard fans. And those are just the delusional fans, kind of like Cowboy fans. Or, right. Um, it's almost well, not almost football season, but it's almost college football season. I, I'm gonna say it. It's almost like you know, scum you fans. It, every year, it's, oh, this is our year, bro. Y'all ain't done uh, since '96. I want to say I want to actually. I just want to defend the University of Michigan fans because we've been real quiet this year because I think we know, like, yeah, we can't say shit this year because I haven't. If you ask me who's a starting quarterback for the University of Michigan right now, I couldn't tell you because there's so many. Most folks don't know. Man, Milton just transferred to Tennessee. I wouldn't be surprised if he went a Heisman. Like, <laughs> like just the love. McCaffrey's been transferred. So yeah. I couldn't even tell you who's right now at the home for uh, Michigan quarterback. But I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to end the show on that. That's, oh, that's I'm not. already getting texts. That's why I brought. That's why I brought it up. I'm oh, already okay. getting texts. We're gonna kick y'all asses here, and I just sent him a screenshot of uh, what he's been saying to me for the last four years about we're gonna kick y'all ass this year. And I'm like, yeah, buddy. I might be going to a couple of Michigan tailgates because I'm gonna drink and eat food, but that's where it goes. Like I got like it's crazy. Like I got Michigan stuff, like socks. I got Michigan socks on right now, and I'm just like. Whatever. Burn them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I want to announce that. Um, I my people ask me all the time, "What's your favorite NFL team?" Uh, I like the Colts a lot. I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz being there, but we'll see. But I want to on this podcast announce my new favorite teams, and then you're gonna be like, "What bandwagon?" I'm calling it, it now. It's not necessarily a bandwagon, and it's not because this person just got traded to this team. But I like say the Titans. No, 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 no. Uh, I think I'm an LA Rams fan. What? I think I I like Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald's one of my favorite players in the league. So. Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say because Crapford there. Like, no, 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 on, no. whatever. I would have been cool. <laughs> Golf is still there. <laughs> I wouldn't care. But yeah, I think I'm a I'm a uh, be a Rams fan this year. Watch Will gonna have something smart to say. So I mean, you know, you got something that got the L in there because them Lions ain't the move. <laughs> I'll say Lions by default, but you won't see me wearing a lot of Lions apparel or talking about it. I'm you not definitely going, should burn that. 
I'm not going to ruin my Sunday, even though I'm actually uh, in October. I'm supposed to go to the Rams and Lions game in mm. L.A. Possib- possibly. We'll see. I just got word this week on it. So we'll see if that happens. But um, I I don't hate the Lions, but I don't let I don't. I don't like the Lions messing up my Sundays. That's how I feel. So <laughs> I, they ain't never won nothing. That's the last time they God, they got, when the last time they've been in the playoffs. I think they got in the playoffs with Stafford that one year and got demolished by the New Orleans the Saints. Saints. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl. And people too. thought they was gonna win that. I said y'all crazy as hell. <laughs> That's when they the Rams was on fire that year. Yeah, right. He ain't been back since. It's all right, <laughs> Yeah, so whatever. Go ahead and tell they need to go on and retire that whole team. And then they talking about, re- you know, signing Todd Gurley. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not hating on it, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, that's not going to save us. We had, it's like, why don't we get these players like Detroit does? The Detroit sports does it. I'm not saying Todd Gurley is washed. He's still a young player, but we get these players that are, have injury problems. Like, do you, if you think about it, Detroit Pistons had Chris Weber, Tracy McGrady, and Allen Irish on the team before. Yep. You wouldn't even know it. We you know also why. drafted Chris Middleton, too. And <laughs> <laughs> had Tobias Harris, who yep. are all in it. And the plus, then, you know, I just wonder, like, why do we do that in, in, as a sports town? We get players at the, either the end of their career or coming off an injury. Like, yeah, just come to Detroit. Rehab. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? I don't understand that. You think about it. We had Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, even though Derrick Rose is still balling. Blake Griffin, well, he can, I guess he can still ball. It's just that we get these players who don't put them in, in uh, positions that to win. And then also... As far as the drafting for Pistons, I just realized the Pistons picked Luke Kennard before they picked Donovan Mitchell. So that's yep. why I I grotesque the Pistons sometimes. Like, yeah, they were part of my childhood. Yeah, they're the hometown. But damn it, I cannot watch the NBA draft. <laughs> when Like this year, they had, what, the third pick or the second? Uh, One of those. Top five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm watching screw it up. Yeah. Well, I mean... There's always Darko. <laughs> uh, right. Who was I talking to? I was talking to my boy. He was saying, like, he was talking to somebody from, I think, Darko's from Serbia. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how uh, basically Pistons messed up. And I guess the guy said, like, Darko's like a hero in Serbia. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he's like pretty much worship. And you would never know just because of the flack that he gets out here which is crazy we're not gonna say bus remember we don't say bus anymore saying we're just gonna say that was a bad move <laughs> you had carmelo you had d wade you had chris bosh they could have drafted devin booker i, I don't even want to talk about this because i'm just get pissed <laughs> off and all these dudes are in the playoffs about to get win championships just hometown team baby yeah <laughs> good old dumars but all right that's all I have for this podcast. Do you have anything else to ask, Saint? Nope. Nope. I don't have any topics that might piss somebody off. Although I did hear that someone was upset that uh, Shaq is my goat. I mean, it's my opinion. It was a couple. It was, it was a few people that <laughs> might not Look, like. He is my goat, and to me, when you talk about goats, we talk about people that are uh, game changers. Yeah. Uh, 
two three zone the three two zones were instituted because this man was that dominant in general there was nothing you could do with him one on one it was a bucket until he got older and got a little bit slower and those are the people that I usually gravitate towards in football Randy Moss cover three was invented to slow him down and mm-hmm. beforehand it was uh, I think it was cover two they had the uh, cover two but then they started putting safeties in his area and he was still outrunning them Right. so I mean at the end of the day it is just an opinion of my own but I haven't seen anything like Shaq I don't think we'll ever see anything like Shaq again no I don't think so either I think Shaq is he's one of a kind well, no arguments over here. That's your goat. Hey, all good with me. He was a Laker, so I definitely don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks, everyone, for joining us on this Roundtable Sports Podcast. You can catch us on Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms that support podcasts.